welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. We're starting a new series, Engage. Engage. This is the theme for this year. The new year for so many means new lifestyles or at least New Year's resolutions. Someone has said about New Year's resolutions, they've failed so many times, they've, they've quit quitting. But it's one thing to want to change some ways, to lose weight, exercise more, adopt a new lifestyle. It's another thing to be bound or imprisoned in something that you cannot be free from. You don't have the strength to be free from that. I just read recently uh, the story of Malcolm Alexander of Louisiana, who was set free from a life sentence of which he had served 38 years. He was convicted when he was 21. He confessed his innocence. It was taken up by a project, and they looked into it. They found out that, that the, uh, just several things, in fact, the, the attorneys that were involved were disbarred. But the real kicker, the clincher, was that DNA, the tests confirmed that he had no involvement. It was someone else. 38 years. How do you explain 38 years in a prison? He was a model citizen, and uh, the interesting thing, I didn't even know this, some prisons now have programs where you can raise dogs. Some are therapy dogs, some are just dogs. And this guy raised a little black lab. She was the run of the litter. He said, I chose her, and I called her innocent. Uh, he raised it, and she slept in the wood shop and the metal shop. And he said, I chose the run of the litter because she looked like she needed uh, Love more than anyone else. And he was set free. And the good news is that they allowed him to take innocent home with him. Isn't that neat? Isn't that good? And I thought, how, how much is this like God? When, that God, God sets us free, sets us free, and, uh, be, and loves us because he realizes we need his love more than anybody else. And that's the God we serve. And so I want to talk with you today about engage the life, life in the spirit. Uh, this is from Romans chapter 8. Spiritually, every, every person is imprisoned, Paul writes, by the law of sin and death. We are as imprisoned by this law as surely as the law of gravity. It affects everything we do. But the good news is in Jesus Christ that we can be set free, set free from the law of sin and death. It can be broken in our life, and we can have the life that God intends. That's called life in the spirit versus life in the flesh or this fleshly life. And so let's read the scripture 
verses uh, 1 through 4 to begin with. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. In your program, there's some notes and I'd encourage you to fill those out. The Spirit of life in Christ means he set us free and it means that God has engaged us. When we couldn't go to God, God came to us. He engaged us. He's the one. He's the one that made the offer. He's he's the one that put his hand out so that we could be reconciled and know him. It means that when Jesus Christ came on the cross, he dealt with the power of sin and death Paul the Apostle said that there, it is a law. It's called the law of sin and death. No one can escape this. Spiritually, spiritually, we cannot escape it on our own strength. We do not have the power or the capacity. But Jesus Christ, when he came to the cross for you and for me, when he died and was resurrected, the Bible said that he defeated death hell, and the grave for you. Can someone say praise God? He takes away our pain, our guilt, our bondage, our confusion, and he replaces it with what it means to be adopted into the family of God. It means that we have no more condemnation from the legal demands, the legal demands of the law of God. The law of God is holy, it's righteous, it's loving, but the law of God cannot be changed any more than the law of sin and death can be changed. How many understand that? Any more than gravity can be changed. Now one day with gravity, we're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to defy gravity. How many know that? Uh, there's going to be a trumpet. It's going to sound. Jesus Christ is going to descend from heaven. A trumpet is going to sound. He's going to blow. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And you know that that means not those sleeping in church, but it means that the dead have already been buried. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the air. Praise God. Praise God. That's the end of all of this life in the Spirit. And someone says, well, I don't believe that. It really doesn't make a difference what you believe. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. I had lunch this past week with one of the young men. They're called to the ministry. And we were talking about some things, and he said this to me. I thought it was a great illustration because he's been ministering to his friends, and he wants them to see them come to the Lord. They're, they're infected and affected by by the spirit of this age. Every generation is a spirit of this age, has a different personality. Our personality, as I said, the spirit of this age wants to get God out of our lives because he's an inconvenient truth and a hard truth. And it wants to declutter it 
further by getting rid of our responsibility to our fellow man so that it's all about me. And when you get rid of God in your life, how many know that you get rid of the plumb line of truth? There is no ultimate truth. And so how can you know that your string is tangled unless there's a straight plumb line to compare it to? So when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he sets us free, and there's no more condemnation from the legal demands of God's law. God's law is the straight line. It's the plumb line. And I'm so glad for it. How about you? I find instead of it being hard, I find that it's true what Psalm 119 says, the law of the Lord converts the soul. It's become a lamp to us and a light to our path. It is, it is precious. It is wonderful. Not only does it delight us, it's a mirror. By it, we are strengthened in the Lord. And so there's no more condemnation because Jesus Christ has fulfilled the just laws of God and he's broken the power of sin. But there's also no more condemnation from Satan in our life. In fact, Paul will write later on in Romans 8, he said, who is it that will bring a charge against God's elect? There's no more condemnation from the original condemner and accuser of the brethren. Those thoughts in the middle of the night. And I, I believe as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, I believe that the enemy of our soul through his demons comes and tells us and condemns us. So that if we sin, he will tell us how horrible we are and you don't deserve that and and. What will happen when people find out and you'll never be able to go back to that church again? I want you to know that's not so. The spirit of life in Christ, when we, when we fall, there's forgiveness in him because he loves us and he picks us up. And it's all about being restored. And here's the neat deal. God, when we come to him and we ask for his forgiveness and we come in his open arms, he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west from us, and he remembers it no more. And God is the only created being in all the universe that has the power not to remember our sins anymore. How many know that? That's God. That's God. It's God. So the enemy, the enemy throws up things in our face. By the way, I want to encourage you as couples, if you, you know, every once in a while a couple might have a disagreement, don't start in, well, your family always does that, and you're just like your family. How many know that's not a good idea, all right? That's just, that's a non-starter. That's, you're just headed the wrong direction. Second thing that I want to share with you this morning from God's Word is what life in the Spirit means. In verse 6, Paul wrote these words. He said, for the mind set on the flesh is death. And he, he's not talking about flesh right, right here, this, because this serves us well, our, our flesh, that we've given this body. But he's talking about the flesh is that, those carnal things, those things that are outside of what God permits that are our desires that take us in a direction away from God, or, and they're just sinful. But the mind that's set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And then verse 14 through 17, 
For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a great spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So what life in the Spirit means is that when we, when we become placed in the body, when we're born into the family, it means life and peace. Life and peace. Life, the word is it's a Greek word, zoe. It just means not biological life, but life that God gives that's absolute. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and what? Life more abundantly. And it means peace. It means peace with God. It means peace in our mind. It means rest and contentment. Life in the Spirit also means that we've been adopted in God's family. We've been adopted in God's family. And if we've been adopted in Paul's family, Paul says that means that we no longer, we no longer are bound by the spirit of slavery in our lives. We're in the household of God, no longer bound by the spirit of slavery. I was talking with uh, someone that's very dear to me, and they've been through some difficult times, and they've really stood firm and stood fast, and, and yet um, the Lord has opened up some blessings for them. And, and in order to navigate some of the challenges that they've had, they, they've just had to adopt a very, very frugal or Spartan way of life. They said, we've, we've been governed that way for so long that now that the blessings of God are here, <laughs> we have to be careful because if we're not careful, the spirit of poverty makes it almost hard to believe that God would bless us, to embrace it. How, how many know what I'm talking about? And the spirit of slavery that God has, the enemy uses that to say, you're condemned, you're not good. But to be in God's family we, means we're indwelt by the Spirit of God, that he speaks to us. We're heirs with Jesus. We're full of hope. We're destined for glory, for heaven, and for resurrection. And we can embrace what it means to be an heir and a son and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Let me talk with you just for a moment about the Spirit's voice speaking to us. This... Um, this year, uh, every year, there's some type of fasting that I do. But this year, I just felt, I, I, I felt that the Lord wanted me to go on a, a fast, primarily a water fast, and uh, just to, to fast and pray for some things that I want to see a breakthrough in. There's some things that grace, God's blessed us. I want to see a breakthrough. I want, to meet, I want to see more souls saved and stories of God's power in their lives. I want that. I want to go big for God or go home. That's a breakthrough. There's family areas and situations. And so I, I was feeling this, and I didn't know when, when to start. And, and I thought in my mind I was going to start after today's message because some, part of it has to do with prayer and fasting. And I felt the Lord uh, Wednesday night in that still voice of his 
come and speak to me, I, I want you to start before Sunday. And I said, oh, okay. Thursday morning, as, as I was up and processing, because it kept coming to me in the middle of the night on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I, this is what I felt the Lord say. I said, okay, God. And the Lord said, and then I, next thing I want to know is how long. How many know when you fast, you want to know how long? Now, I mean, knowing me, you wouldn't expect me to want to know how long that I abstain, you know. And this is what the Lord said. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. And he said, I'll let you know when to stop. Now, that can be a scary thing. And yet, this is what the Lord, this is what he told me. He said, I'll let you know when to stop because when you start and you end, you get to thinking about when you're going to end so you can start eating again. How many know what I'm talking about? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So he said, I, I want you to trust me so that you don't have to worry about when you're going to stop. So that your energies, energies will be put into seeking me. And so uh, I've been on this journey. It, I guess it started Wednesday night and the Lord's told me when to stop and it's going to be pretty soon. But he told me Friday, about Friday night. He said, this is when you can stop. And so I, I will. I won't pig out or anything like that, but um, I said all that to say that the Lord will speak to you and guide you. Jesus said that. Now, we also have victory in Christ. We're led and we're helped by God's Spirit. Paul said, in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. And life in the Spirit means that God is our pilot, that He is in control, verse 28, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, what I want to talk about is this. The law of the spirit of life in Christ is a law. The law of sin and death is a law. But there's another law that I call the law of our mind. The law of our mind. And Paul said, that all these things are ours in verse 17, provided if we suffer with Jesus, we will be glorified with him. But in verse 12 and 13, he also said, he made reference to what I call the law of the mind. In verse 12, he said, so brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if you're living by the Spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body and you will live. And here's the law of the mind that's set on the Spirit of God. The mind that is set on the Spirit of God, as we engage God, it has the power, it has the power over sin in our lives. How many understand that? That's what God's Word says. You and I are not powerless. 
The law of the mind, there's a term there that's used, phronema. It means the direction of our mind set. What I know about life is that you will always follow our heart. I do. How about you? Unless there's some greater reason, but we will follow our heart. When our mind is set on the spirit, it wars against the flesh. And we enjoy more and more and more of what it means to have true life and peace in Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Amen. I'll, I'll illustrate it like this. In two weeks, we have another grandbaby coming. So we're all happy. And Chris is really happy. And uh, she said, I, I'm going out there for two weeks out to Arkansas. I said, you can't go for two weeks. I said, uh, it's too long. What about me? She said, listen, this is not a matter of, for discussion. <laughs> so book my tickets. So guess what? Her tickets are booked. All right. So, but we've got this baby coming into the family. Uh, we're going to be so happy when that baby's born. The other set of grandparents, they love Jesus. They're going to be so happy. My daughter and son-in-law, they're going to be so happy when this baby's born, at least for a little while. Then they have to change diapers and, you know, stay up all hours of the night for months and months and months on end. Then you get to one of the terrible twos and uh, all the other things. But that baby, that baby will it. When that baby comes, there will be great rejoicing. She is born into a family. She's placed into a family. But that baby cannot be orphaned or left alone, has to be nurtured, has to receive nutrition and love and care. Without that, that baby, that baby, she might grow up, but almost there'll be huge deficiencies without care and love and nurture. And what Paul is saying, that the law of life in Jesus Christ places us into the family of God, praise God. But he's saying that our response to the Lord is to cultivate that mind that's set on Jesus Christ. How many follow what I'm saying? He said, if you do this, then you will be glorified with me. And so our mindset becomes a law, and it results in life and peace and being totally set free. Jesus put it this way in the parable of the seed and the sower. He said, there are some that they receive the word of God, the good news, with great joy, and they spring up, but they quickly die away because they have no root in themselves. Setting our mind on the Spirit of Jesus, engage. Setting our mind on the Spirit of Jesus. How do we do that? Paul tells us what to do in Romans. He doesn't tell us so much how to do it as he does in Ephesians and uh, some of the other epistles, 2 Corinthians 10. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse, verse 10, then 17 and 18. He said, but finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
With all prayer and petition, pray at all times of the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, when we were kids and growing up in Sunday school, we used to sing a song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll do what? How many remember that song? Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah, all right. That was the mantra. And you went to church. Those are the very basics. Because who we hang out with determines the direction of our lives. Now, many have an idea about what to do, but fewer have a plan and fewer yet even execute their plan. That's why we have engage. Helps us all together to engage the Lord. One of my prayers is this. I've said, Lord, I want increased intimacy and power with you this year intimacy, and power with God. I want to realize fully the life that you have for me. It means that we have not only intimacy with power and power with God, but we also have power over spiritual strongholds. I want to share something with you in just a moment. One way is by prayer and fasting, and prayer is a basic way. We're, we're to pray at all times, pray in the Spirit. But there are also times of fasting, and, and uh, fasting is that's, a, that's, that's a, a spiritual response to a need in our life. What I've I found since this uh, Thursday morning, that every time I'm hungry, I've replaced that hunger with calling on the Lord. I have some real... I have some real things that I'm praying for, some deep things are really close to me, and I call on the Lord. I, I also have found out that hunger only lasts for a while, and I'll get hungry several times a day, but, but calling on the Lord, and after a while, a lot of that, it, it, it just sort of disappears. I found out that it affects my body in some ways. Um, some are good. I can now, I don't feel like... Um, I'm elderly. I can bend over easily. I would like to tell my wife, would you get my shoes out from underneath the bed? But I'm afraid that's not going to happen. Uh, if it did, I said, would you mind tying them? I don't think that's going to happen either. But uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. And so now it's just interesting. There's benefits that come from it. Um, just the, the energy, the strength. Um, physically, I get weak. But there's an energy to do things. But fasting is a spiritual exercise. And I'll talk with you a little bit more about that next Sunday. But when we pray and fast, Paul said that the Holy Spirit prays with us. And even when we don't know how to pray, he prays for us according to the will of God. But if we don't pray, if we don't pray, if we don't engage, how many hear what I'm saying? If we don't engage the Spirit of God, I believe that, that He intercedes for us once we start interceding. That's what I believe in a particular area. Now, Jesus is the great high priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. But if we're not praying in a situation, I believe Jesus is praying for the Holy Spirit to draw us back to Him. And there's so much more in following Jesus than being just coming back. How many understand that? Yeah. 
And so when we pray, we begin to feel the heart of God and when we fast. But there's something else in 2 Corinthians 10, and I'll read this to you. Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not carnal. They're not in our capacity, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Praying. Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Now, friends, I I, I believe that when we pray, and we pray for somebody else, and we make intercession for them, even if they're far from God, that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God begins to oppose those rebellious thoughts and mindset towards God. That's what I believe. That's what God's Word says. Our weapons are not carnal. Listen, you say, Pastor, well, I don't know about that. I would say, then why pray for somebody else? Why pray for somebody else if we have no power in our prayer? When we pray, our faith is built. I'm a, a couple weeks from now, we're going to be celebrating. Uh, uh, we've been invited, as you know, Charles and Alyssa's the, the celebration at the church where they're serving. And um, I, I watch, I've watched Charles, and he's grown up, and I watched his sister, Danielle, and uh, she's the one that did the announcements, and she sings here, what a beautiful young woman. Uh, Steve is the head usher. But what I know, this is what I know, that, that, uh, that Walter Wollert is a person who prays. I know that about her, she prays. She prays, and there's times she would come to me and say, oh, pastor, would you pray for Charles? I'm interceding for him. She would come to me, and she would say, would you pray for Danielle? I'm interceding for him. I need God to do. God has to do something. And I know she prays. She prays for her husband. See, I know that, and I believe today, this is what I believe, that that family, and I'm calling them out, and I don't think you're all embarrassed, are you? No, I'm just calling you out anyway, yeah. You never want to be embarrassed about the goodness of God in our lives. We could be on the other side of this thing. You follow what I'm saying? I believe in large part it's because I believe that, that Walda Wollert has interceded before God as a person that said, as a mother in this family that loves God, I'm not going to let go. I'm just going to keep praying whether it makes sense or not. And probably, I can't say this, I wasn't there, but I would say if you pray for people, sometimes they'll resent it and they'll want you to stop. But I want to encourage you, keep praying because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We must not give in to this present world that says there's no God. It doesn't matter. He is the plumb line. He's the one that brings life. Praise his name. And it's worth fighting for. Praise God. Praise his name. Paul said it 
take the sword of the Spirit. That's God's Word in us and the sword of the Spirit. And this is how we know the promises of God. This this, uh, song that we sing, Faithful You Are, oh my goodness. How about that? I'm standing on the promises. But the reason I know the promises is because of God's word in my heart that I can go to and say, I claim your word in this situation. You said, God. You said. You said. And so Paul writes as he concludes Romans chapter 8, this is what This is what happens when we take the Word of God in us and we read it and ask the Lord to explode it and explain it. He writes terms like this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. How do you know that unless you read that and God showed it to you in your life? How do you deal with somebody? What do you say when you get a text in the morning that, that someone in the family has committed suicide or someone, a young father with kids has passed away. You're speechless. But you believe that somehow in the mystery of God, the purposes of God and God will bring this thing together, not only for his good, but for the people that it affects. And I know that all things work together for good. Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing will separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He wrote, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's God's word. He said, who will bring a charge against God's elect? I know a thing about people bringing charges against me and praying against me. But the word of God says, stand firm that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ that loves you. And the end of the matter hasn't been written, praise God. Who'll bring a charge? Who'll separate us from Christ's love? I know, praise God. And that's for every person in the family of God as we draw near to the Lord. Listen, your kids know if they do something, I'm gonna have the band come on up, Daniel. Your kids know as they're growing up, if they did certain things, that they risked getting it. You know what I'm saying? They knew. But they also, they test the boundaries all the time. So we had, we had the, I don't know if it's a perfect way, we used the one, two, three count method. I don't know if it's perfect, but I do know it's better, is you better stop it, better stop it, until you, you said it and you get enraged and wail on somebody. How many, you know what I'm saying? So we tell, this is what's going to happen. You the count of three. Then I'm coming after you. All right. But you know what? You know your parents, what it is. And when we serve the Lord, we know the rules of the household and that he loves us. He loves us. And he entreats us like a father. He treats us like when we were kids and we did something really, I don't know, that was so against our family's values and we came home and they would, they might discipline, yeah, but they'd receive us back, love us. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Praise his name. What God's word offers for us today, two laws. We can live under the law 
of sin and death, or we can live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Praise God. Amen. Heaven. One day I'm, I'm going to be out of here. Praise, praise the Lord. But your pain, your guilt, your confusion, your shame can be taken away by the Lord. That's what, that's what, why. He did what he did and what happens because he's dealt with the law of sin and death. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. Today, today, if you'd say, Lord, I want to receive your life. Lord, I am worn down. I'm worn down by going this other path. And today, I want to start off this new year. Lord, I want my pain, my guilt, my shame, my confusion, whatever it is, I want it lifted. But I want to know life and peace and security in you. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Just raise it wherever you are. Wherever you are, just raise it. Yes, there are other hands. Raise it just high. I'm not going to embarrass you, but raise your hand right now. I want to place my trust in Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand. You, you might be, you might say, I want to come back. I want to rededicate my life from, for the Lord. Today, I'm going to take that step. The, the enemies had me on the run, and I find myself powerless. But today, I want to come back and know and know what it is to live in the fullness of the Father's house. Just raise your hand quickly. 